Hi everyone, I hope you all are doing well this week. This week's episode is going to be a little bit more personal and conversational. I've been wanting to talk about this topic for a while because it's been so relevant in my life in the past year or so, and that topic is imposter syndrome. I personally deal with imposter syndrome in a lot of different spaces, whether it's the workplace or club environments or even the classroom. Um, But before we get into that, let's just begin by defining imposter syndrome. So if you don't know what that is, it's loosely defined as doubting your abilities or feeling like a fraud in an environment where that's not true. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments and many question whether or not they're deserving of the awards if they do have any that back up their achievements. Um, In no way am I trying to toot my own horn with this and say that I'm high achieving or anything like that, but it's one of those feelings where you are in a situation because other people know that you're qualified enough to do it, but you don't feel the same. And by that, I mean, obviously you went through a process for getting the job that you have or being in the club environment that you're in. And there are people around you that believe that you are capable of completing the tasks that are expected of you, but you don't feel the same and you're constantly doubting your abilities and your validity in that space. To be entirely honest, I think for me, my imposter syndrome is entirely self-imposed. I know for a lot of other people that may not be the case um, and that they've had negative experiences in the workplace or they've been shown that they are unwelcome or untrusted in specific environments. But for me, I often feel like other people are able to trust in my capability to complete the work that is assigned to me. But for me, it's just really difficult for me to not let my weaknesses become the biggest thing that I see in whatever space that I'm in. I honestly don't think much of that has to do with my race, mostly my gender. Um, For me, it is really hard not seeing representation in a lot of spaces in terms of being a woman in finance, for example. I mean, even at the smaller level, I look at club pictures when they post about their e-boards and you have like 28 men and then like three women on the e-board and e-committees and things like that. And so it's little things like that where it's reinforced to me that maybe that this is not a space for women or um, a lot of women don't choose to go into this space and maybe there's a reason behind that and all of that. But it also is little things that are reinforced from when I was little. So, for example, when it comes to the workout space, which is a really big part of my life in general, but also something that I talk about a lot on this podcast, I still am kind of in that mindset where in elementary or middle school, you'd hear a teacher say, I want two strong boys to help me move this. And the weird thing is, I feel like it was always the female teachers, and maybe that's because the male teachers would just move it themselves. I don't know. Um, But it just kind of reinforced that mentality that I am not meant to be in a space that requires physical labor because I am not um, like as a woman, I am not as qualified for that. And because of that, I'm not qualified to speak on it, even though I am a certified personal trainer and I have years of experience in the gym a lot more and like at the end in in 10 years from now I'll have a lot more experience than even some of the influencers that I follow because I started my workout journey so early and that's not to say that experience has to be the biggest qualifier in terms of how much you know about a topic but I'm trying to explain that I have multiple things that would back up my validity to have these conversations with you all and post on this platform but I just still don't believe in myself and I really feel sometimes that I don't want people listening to my advice or I don't want people to question me and maybe I shouldn't be putting out this content. 
And that is why this podcast was a really big step for me. It's really hard putting myself out there like this because I'm a big believer of the fact that if you put something on the internet and you know that it's public to everyone out there, basically, it is entirely open to criticism and correction because how can you put something out there and then expect people not to have a reaction to it, whether it's positive or negative? I really don't want to misinform people and that's honestly why I started this podcast because I feel like there's so much misinformation both in the finance and fitness spaces and I think that if that ever happened I would be super mortified which is why I always do a lot of research behind all of my episodes and I'm very careful of prescribing action one way or the other just because I don't want people to follow my advice and then have a negative experience that would be absolutely horrible for me and I really... I'm trying to do the opposite and combat misinformation in these spaces. And it's honestly one of the reasons that I don't promote my podcast super heavily. And I don't know why. I am definitely proud of my motivation to start this podcast. I really wanted to focus on fitness and financial literacy and again, stop misinformation in these spaces and the consistency and work that I've put into this podcast. I'm so, so proud of it. And I'm really grateful to have this platform and the Instagram account to share things that I am passionate about, whether it's cooking or workouts that I've been doing recently, but I'm just so scared of making a mistake. And it's one of the reasons that I don't do a lot of collabs or I don't reach out to influencers to promote my podcast or any of the sort of things that you could really do with it. Um, A lot of people do ads on their podcasts and I'm just, I don't know, I'm really scared of taking up that space. And that translates into my personal life all the time as well. In the gym, I would say I'm pretty fearless, but that's mostly because I've seen a lot of weird shit at the gym. And I think that um, at least where I am right now, I've definitely seen people do weirder things than I try to do in the gym. So I feel okay with that. But in terms of finance, I really don't trust myself with investing. And when I was at home, my dad had this conversation with me where I'm I'm hopefully going to be an investment banker one day or go into the banking industry in general, even if it isn't investment banking. And he was like, how are you going to trust yourself with other people's money if you don't even trust yourself with your own? And to me, originally, I was kind of thinking about it like, oh, but it's my money and that impacts my life. And like with other people's money, they have like guidance and rules. And when you work for a company, there's procedures that you follow. You don't just like randomly invest in things by yourself. Obviously, I'm going to have a team and people that are providing oversight and all of that. And there's definitely an argument for that. But also, it's it's not really about whose money it is. It's about the principle of trusting yourself and the fact that I should be able to trust myself in any situation and I should be taking the biggest risks with myself so I learn and I make mistakes, but it's not with other people. And because of that, I've been pushing myself to do more research even outside of the podcast just for my own knowledge. And I'm, I haven't done it yet, but I'm working on experimenting more in the investment space and trying to learn a lot more about it and see what things work and what things don't. And it's really scary to make mistakes when it comes to money, but it's, if you have the ability and you're privileged enough to be able to do that, it's one of the best things I think you can probably do, do for yourself because I have to get over that fear at some point. And it, it is going to be a really big part of my work life. And so if I don't trust myself with my own money in a situation where I have the support of the people around me telling me it's okay to make mistakes. I don't know how I'm going to work with other people's money and feel confident that I am doing the best that I can for them.
on kind of a different note, I think that going back to my gender in these different spaces, I think that being a woman makes me really doubt my perceived intelligence. And I'm not sure if everyone's going to get what I mean by that, like right off the bat. But what I'm basically trying to say is that I feel like other people look at my gender sometimes, even my size. I'm not super tall, which means my presence very much comes from my personality. And I don't know if I'm automatically given respect or if I have to earn it. And I feel like a lot of people doubt, like see me, see me as a woman of color and doubt whether or not I belong in that space because I don't match the other people in that space. For example, in finance, it's still predominantly men and in that still predominantly white men. And so that is something that I think I'm going to definitely have to work on. And again, that comes from internally. No one's ever told me that I don't belong in the finance space, right? I'm just looking at the people that are already in that space and I'm being intimidated by that, but I'm really working on fixing that and pushing myself to take up that space, whether or not I make mistakes, because that's how everyone learns inevitably. But I think a really big part of that is that speech and debate really reinforced a lot of gender norms in a professional environment for me. Um, And that's kind of that experience is something that I really take with me to internships and probably like when I have a full time job, I'll take it there, too. Because it taught me that men and women are perceived in very different ways. And I know that a lot of people listening to this podcast might disagree with that, but it is entirely true. And I have multiple examples. It's in the way that we dress, um, in the way that once um, I had a friend get the comment that they should wear shorter skirts. And this was in a debate round in high school. And that is absolutely insane to me that someone would say that to them. Um, It was in the way that judges would allow men to say whatever they wanted, the most insane things like women didn't deserve a space or that... um, immigrants were taking away our jobs and whether or not you believe that that's true I provided evidence to the contrary and in a debate round that's entirely what you're supposed to go off of but men were allowed to say the most atrocious things and we were called out for trying to combat that with (laughs) actual evidence Um, and I think the biggest way that it was reinforced to me that men and women in the workplace and the way that we interact are so different is in assertiveness versus aggressiveness so Oftentimes when men would change their tone, um, not yell, but change their tone or push back um, really aggressively in rounds with with evidence, with just words, they were perceived as assertive. They were trying to get their point across. And when women did it, um, we were aggressive. And I got that comment that my tone was bad, that um, my demeanor was incorrect. And I had those comments a couple times, gratefully, not every single round that I was in. But still, that's something that I try to be very cautious of. And I know that that translates a lot in, or it manifests a lot in different ways. I know that um, when it comes to workplace language, exclamation points are considered to be very feminine and there's little things like that that I feel are so insidious and it contributes to that to my feeling of imposter syndrome just because I already feel like I don't see people that look like me in this space but on top of that I know that I have all of these habits that I've been criticized for in the past I love using exclamation points in my emails I feel like it lightens the mood and I I hate when everything feels super serious and intense and it's a really good way, especially when you're giving criticism, in my opinion, to kind of balance things out. But it's little things like that that I'm just hyper conscious of and it makes me get into my own head about it. And it's really, really difficult. And I feel like the best way to combat this kind of stuff is to really 
talk about these experiences and force yourself to take up that space because it is yours. I mean, inevitably someone will take that job and they will take up that space. And who's to say that you're not just as deserving of it. And if the only thing stopping you from being the best that you could be in the workplace was your own trust in yourself and you knew that, I mean, that would just feel horrible because you know you're absolutely 100% qualified for the job and everyone around you knows that as well. And so I've really been working on not being as self-deprecating. I think I was really quick to, in the past, when someone would compliment me on my achievements, say, oh no, but like, you know, it wasn't that difficult or I still can't believe it myself. I don't know how I got in. Just accepting it, just saying, thank you actually, I'm really proud of myself. It was a really difficult process or thank you. I'm really excited for this opportunity. Just even if you don't want to say something good about yourself, just remain neutral because even that's better than pushing yourself even further down. And especially if you're the only one doing it and everyone around you is so proud of you and sees your capabilities and your accomplishments, just trust that the process that you went to went through to get to where you are now was more than enough to determine that you are capable for everything that you have and everything that is going to come in your future. Um, I feel like this was a very, it turned from like an upsetting episode to hopefully very inspiring at the end. Um, but it's definitely one of those things that's a very much a work in progress. And so, um, I hope you all, if you struggle with imposter syndrome, listen to this episode and got something out of it, or at least know you're not alone in that. And, um, even with this podcast, I have so much fear in putting this out there because I just shared very personal things and I hope that it is received, um, with open minds and, uh, connection of some sort. So, um, I hope you all have a great rest of your week and I will see you all back next week for another fitness Friday.